Hi, I'm Kirsten Leo, and this is the Light Path Podcast, brought to you by thelightpathcollective.com. I am passionate about exploring energetic practices, spiritual principles, healing modalities, and connecting to the experience and wisdom of others to illuminate our paths and live at our greatest capacity for abundance, worthiness, and love. Today, I am joined by the Light Path Collective's very own Alana Carson. And today, we really dive into why is it that most of us have a tendency to be really hard on ourselves? We talk through it from our experiences with clients and with our own personal growth stories, and hopefully, provide you with a few tips and tricks on what to do when you find yourself going down that rabbit hole of beating yourself up and maybe being way too hard on yourself. Alana, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Kirsten. Oh, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. I know that (laughs) A lot of people on the community have been, you know, really enjoying working with you and definitely loving the wisdom that you've been sharing on, you know, through our socials and just the reflections that you have. I love listening to them, like your calm, really level voice. It makes me always feel so safe. Did you know that about yourself? Thank you. That's very kind of you. That's very kind of you. No, not at all. And I guess that's the beauty, right? We've all got such we've got different modalities on the collective, but we've also got such different approaches just because we're different people. And and so exactly. it's nice to be able to find the right ones that work for you. Exactly. And I think that's one of the great things about the Light Path Collective that, you know, you've managed to pull in people from these different modalities with different strengths, different personalities. And so there really is something for everyone in there, you know, whatever you're looking for. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, and like today, you know, we're just going to have a chat about, you know, that whole idea of our being so hard on ourselves because um, it's such a universal experience. But before we dive in, I know before you you had a beautiful quote from young Pablo, I think last time you were on, but is that how you say his name? Jung. Jung yes, Pablo. but I don't think that was, I think I had a, I, oh, oh, did you? From Carl Jung. Carl Jung. <laughs> I do. I do actually post a lot from Jung Pueblo. <laughs> That's probably You're why forgiven I'm to, thinking that. Yeah, okay. you're forgiven for thinking that. I think he's amazing, and he has such great, um, great insight. So I do quote a lot from him. Yeah, I, I need to read some of his work. I, you know, I've never read his work. It's it's brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. I've got to get into that. And next month on the oh, this month on the collective, we're looking at um, think like a monk. I'm loving Jay Shetty. I've never read Jay Shetty before. Yeah, okay. So it's interesting just to get that perspective. Um, Anyway, quote, hit us with one. Have you got one for us today? Have you got it? So something did pop up on my feed this morning and I liked it. So it's by William Blake, the English poet. Yes. And he says, the person who does not believe in miracles surely Mm -hmm. makes it certain that he or she will never take part in one. Oh. So that just gave me the feels, you know, who doesn't love a miracle? Um, how do you how do you define miracles um well I just automatically went to a course in miracles yeah an an intercession from the divine um going from fear to love but yeah um look I don't know and I think it's it's not always clear about what you know what is a miracle I mean for me it's when I feel that there is some divine intervention in my mm-hmm. life that to me is what I consider to be a miracle 
um, something that doesn't necessarily make sense, something that I haven't planned or that I feel I haven't somehow, you know, had a part in working towards, but it's just like this beautiful, um, very generous, very, um, uh, I don't know. It just, it's just something that opens your heart and you're just like, thank you, God. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> That's, that to me is a miracle, but I and, guess everyone knowing might see that, it slightly differently. Yeah, for sure. I mean, knowing mm. that though, that you are the divine, and mm. so it might seem unexpected to your consciousness, but not necessarily to the subconscious or the soul. And like I always go to the the aspect of Course in Miracles where Marianne Williamson talks about it being a shift in perception because when something happens, like we may have perceived it was an impossibility and so it feels miraculous or we may have changed yeah. our mind about something or we we may have shifted and then the outside world reflects something different to us and we feel like it's a miracle, but it's not because we have shifted in order to align with that. So really we are the miracles. So I love yes. that William Blake quote that if you don't see yourself as miraculous, then I just, I mean, how boring. Like, where are you going? I know. You're missing out. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I think that's true. And and I think also if you don't believe, you're just going to miss things. I mean, th I think there are amazing things that are happening all the time, but it's sometimes we just don't have the eyes to see it because we're so fixed in looking in a particular mm -hmm. direction or a particular mindset. And so if you're able to believe in miracles and be open to mm -hmm. them and, and be actually looking for them, you're far more likely to see them. Do you know, I think that's part of the reason why people in my experience, and I'm not sure in your experience, why people come for readings because I think that they they don't, I think people are intrigued and would like the reassurance that everything is going to be okay. But I think it's more that opportunity for someone to mirror back to them a different possibility or a possibility or rephrase something in a different way. And in that in itself is miraculous, not necessarily, yes. oh, you'll meet him on a Tuesday at the corner store and that'll be the love of your, your life crap. Um, but it's more like, oh, wait a minute, I, this is where I was hoping my life would go and I can see that it's possibility and that's been you know, reaffirmed to me or something's been thrown up. Yes. But in hypnotherapy, obviously it's a very a deep healing modality, but surely that you'd you would have to walk into that appointment with you and the sessions with you knowing that anything is possible, right? Absolutely. And I think the more open-minded you are, the easier it is for things to shift. And a lot of what I do as a hypnotherapist is actually to help people shift their perspective. Mm. because you can't change someone's past, right? You know, as a therapist, you can't change the circumstances or the situation that a person has found themselves in. But what you can do is help them see that from a different perspective. So you can help them see that from a more empowering perspective. And one of the things, that, one of the principles that hypnosis uses is actually that power of focus. So what aspect of this situation are you focusing on? And if your focus is too narrow, you're not going to be able to see other possibilities. So there's always more than one way, more than one perspective that you can take on any particular situation. Um, but sometimes it just helps to have someone else point out, hey, there's all this real estate over here that you're not actually looking at. So is it possible for you to just widen a little bit? Um, and, and you know, those, those shutters or those blinkers that we use, they are our beliefs and they are 
thought patterns. You know, we we all have these lenses through which we see the world and our beliefs and our thought patterns and our, you know, childhood conditioning and whatnot, they are the lenses through which we see the world. So if you want to change, you know, the way you're seeing things, it helps to really examine and look at what am I believing about myself? What am I believing about my life? How am I thinking about these things? And to really start there, to start in that internal perspective. And and often, you know, like we were saying before, it's it's often you don't even need to change the circumstances sometimes. You just need to change the way in which you're looking at it. Mm. And suddenly things that were a problem, you don't really see it as a problem anymore mm. or something that you thought, you know, you needed to intervene in or something you were responsible for, you suddenly realise, hang on, that's not my responsibility and suddenly this big weight is lifted off you. So, yes, a a small shift in perception can make a huge difference. Maybe we need to change your tagline to miracle worker. (laughs) If only. If only. (laughs) That's actually too much pressure. (laughs) I don't think I can handle that. (laughs) The, hold, the, the, the holder of miracles. Or the, yeah, <laughs> like, well, you, exactly. the other, um, a while ago now actually, and we'll have to find it and repost it, I think, but um, you put up a post about how people are often really, really hard on themselves, you know, speaking of that perception and that lens and the way we see ourselves. It's something that I have been accused, not accused of, accused is quite a negative word, but it's something that has been pointed out to me quite a lot in my life that I'm really hard on myself. And like, I know I'm really hard on myself, but I quite like it because it keeps me Mm -hmm. going. Like there's a positive aspect to it. But when you talked about this in your post, we got a big reaction Mm. in that people, it really resonated with people. Yes. Yes. I mean, that post came from just something that I had witnessed repeatedly in a number of clients that that you know they were being very hard on themselves in situations where from a a third person perspective they had actually done pretty well given what they were facing and given everything that they had gone through in the past Mm. and it was just so clear to me that you know often we're hard on ourselves because we think that we need to be in order to get ourselves to change or shift or or there can also be this belief that um that you don't deserve to be proud of yourself or happy with yourself until you've accomplished x y and z so self-acceptance self-love is very conditional and what i've come to believe is that while yes there is some value in holding yourself to high standards and holding yourself to account. I mean, I'm not saying you should believe your own bullshit or or anything like that. You know, Mm -hmm. there are times when you need to sit yourself down and have a good chat with yourself. Um, Regularly, regularly. (laughs) (laughs) But by and large, I mean, most people are so self-critical and Mm -hmm. so judgmental of themselves. And that kind of perspective very rarely gets you anywhere in the long term. You know, you can accomplish certain things from it, um, but but overall, you know, you end up feeling really bad about yourself. This this culture of feeling not good enough. You know, we need to 
look at where this comes from. And yes, there's a huge element of that that is cultural. There's a huge element of that that comes from childhood conditioning, but we internalise these messages. So it then becomes that voice in your head that is then saying these things to you that, oh, yeah, you know, I, I was okay at this, but all these other things that I didn't do correctly. You know, we get so hyper aware of the ways in which we, we didn't meet our expectations and we completely discount all the things that we actually did right. So I think if we can just be a bit more balanced in the way that we're speaking to ourselves and to actually, you know, give yourself credit for the things that you have done right and celebrate those wins that you've had and really just congratulate yourself and, you know, be your own cheerleader. I mean, it might sound corny, but... But in my experience, that has made such a difference in in you know what I'm willing to um, what I'm willing to do. Because if you know that you've got your own back, that you're not going <laughs> to tear yourself to shreds if you don't succeed at something, it makes you more bold to actually try things. Again, it's just that shift in perception, that shift in mindset, and mm-hmm. and you know, I think we could all do with a little bit more kindness when we're talking to ourselves. Oh, for sure. And like, there's just so much that I I could unpack there. It's reminded me actually of one of the very early podcast episodes that I did just on my own. And I talked about um, Matt talk, like cheerleading yourself Mm. um, and how, because I didn't know anything about cheerleading until I watched Cheer on Netflix. Um, Oh, it's, (laughs) did did you watch that series? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did. Um, And so, and, and I didn't know anything about how, like, it, some people's job in the team to stand on the side of the mat and cheer them on, like, come on, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, I'm going to start mat talking myself because mm. I find it a bit embarrassing when people do it to me. But I realised I needed to kind of be my own cheerleader a bit. Yeah. And and although I feel comfortable doing it for other people, doing it for me. And, and it's funny, like, why aren't we talking? that was it self-preservation like if we you know because we don't want to go into that whole generation whatever it is that won an award just for sneezing or turning up or looking Mm. the right way so we don't Mm. want that but at the same time we do want that you know how do you develop I guess a really robust but very healthy and nourishing yes sense of self it's a good point I think you need to be realistic in your self-assessment. So it's it's doing the work to kind of unpack what's going on. You know, we all have, we'll, we all grow up in various, um, you know, situations of, um, you know, we, we've all got our traumas and things from the past that we bring in to our present. So a degree of it is kind of how self-aware are you in terms of the way that you're viewing yourself? Um, and just, just really challenging the thoughts that you're having and the beliefs that you have. Um, so a few things that come to mind. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Yeah, so your, your expectations, are they realistic? Mm. So where do you get your expectations from? Because I think sometimes we don't actually dive deep enough into our expectations of ourselves. Um, is it realistic? Like why do you think you should have done X, Y, Z by the age of 30 or whatever mm. it is? And, and just really unpack it. 
And I mean, that in itself, just being a little bit more discerning and not just believing every thought that pops into your head, but really, where is this coming from? Am I being too hard on myself? And really, at the end of the day, it's a subjective determination, right? So no, mm. no one gets to say exactly, oh, yeah, you know, this is reasonable and that's unreasonable. It's you who has to decide that. And at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're free to think any thoughts you want. But I guess it's, it's is this working for me overall? And what is the ultimate goal of what I'm doing and the way that I'm living? And, and for most people, the reason that they'll do anything at all, when you boil it all down, it's because they want to be happy, right? Anything you want, it's because you think that's going to bring you a degree of happiness. So whether it's a job, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a certain amount of money in the bank, it's always because you you want to be happy. And so if you then say to yourself, okay, well, if I get that job, if I get that money, if I get that man, if you're still being, you know, horrible to yourself in your head and you, you know, you're not able to celebrate your wins, you're still looking for the ways in which you, you know, can be better, it's never good enough, it's that perfectionistic mindset, you're never going to accomplish that ultimate goal of actually just being happy and content and, you know, feeling proud of yourself on the things that you have achieved. You're in that treadmill of constantly needing more, wanting more. So, the self-talk is really key, I think, just to overall having a happy, content life. What do for you sure. think? For sure. I, yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think what struck me there with what you were saying was the word content. Mm. And, and to me, that sounds a bit lackluster, but since when? And, and it just goes to show how impacted we are by society, you know, really, and I discussed this on a podcast that's coming up, I think, I, I can't remember the order of the podcast about how, you know, we're, we're so conditioned and programmed, you know, through media and, and just cultural, I know, environments that we always need to be at peak, like we always mm. need to be at our best, we always need to be at our happiest, we always, like, do you know what, it's okay to feel really, like, crappy sometimes. Yeah, and it's and it's and I think that that's the big thing that I've been working on with myself, having been such a perfectionist and so hard on myself, is the times where I just literally write myself that permission note of being mediocre. Yeah. So yes. on this week, for example, I I did I was working during the day and I had I finished the face to face kind of work I was doing relatively early for me. Mm-hmm. And I thought, great, because I've got a million things to do. I always have a million things to do. And I was just didn't want to. I just didn't yeah. want to. And so I didn't. But, gosh, it took some pretty disciplined self-talk to for that to be okay. Mm-hmm. And not to I be hard exactly on myself about mean. not being productive or not, you know, yes. um, knowing that those jobs weren't going to go away and I'd still have to do them at some point. And yes. it's, I always find myself being really hard on myself, always. Yeah. I think that, you know, the cultural conditioning aspect of it um, is is nothing to scoff at. I mean, you know, mm. we, we do live in this culture where there is a lot of pressure and even if it's self-imposed pressure ultimately that you, you know, you want to do well, you want to achieve things, you want to accomplish things. And, of course, there's nothing wrong with that if it's done in a in a balanced way and again that realistic expectations because you know often we can be quite 
um, unrealistic in what we can accomplish. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think the other thing that comes to mind is that this this trap of comparison and that you know we can just look at social media and see what other people are doing and you know we all know we shouldn't compare ourselves to other people but but that you know that that temptation is there and you know you really have to to fight it sometimes and just say to yourself you know what no I'm going to live the way that I want to live and if I'm tired I'm going to rest and I'm okay with that um so I think there is do you know what you know what cured that for me what this is speaking out of turn, but <laughs> let's do it. Please do, yeah. Um, so I um, I got the opportunity to work with quite a number of influencers a while back and it was really interesting because it, it was just through connections, you know, sometimes I've met them and then they got sent my way or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so some of these people I kind of knew, some of them I even followed. And what I found was really, really interesting was the majority of them were completely different to their online personas. Not only that, but their life circumstances were completely different Mm. to their online stories. Like one example, Mm. a girl posted this whole trip she had with her boyfriend. They were not together to Paris and they weren't even together. Wow. But it was all about the love and like the, and I yeah. and so that that for me cured a lot of that. Hopefully, you get a yes. genuine experience looking at our socials, because um, that's what we intend. But yes, it cured it for me. Like guys, do not be fooled. And some girls yes. like that came that were say fitness ambassadors or, or or their business or their pages were all about fitness and and beauty or whatever. Some of them I thought, oh my gosh, they're a lot bigger than I would have perceived they would have been. And I'm not saying they were big at all, but like, mm. and then some of them that that were teeny tiny, you know, I never, you know, look so much bigger online. And I'm like, oh, it's just the angle. It's just the way you take the photo. It's just the story that you tell. Yeah. You, I mean, you can it. create anything these days, yeah. can't you? And it, yeah, just, you know, maintaining an awareness of that yeah. is important. And, and then getting off social media as much as possible. I find when I spend too much time on it, regardless of, you know, whether I've got a level head, it just, it just is a vortex that you can get really caught in. So, I mean, I love it. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think it's evil or anything like that, but it's just Mm. keeping it in perspective. And then also remembering this is just a tiny segment of life and my real life is out here in the real world. And yeah, yeah. for sure. So what, what tips do you kind of give to clients when they're, when they are being, when you notice that, that they are in this really harsh, I guess, lens that they're mm. wearing to look at their lives? Like, you know, what are some really practical things that you've come across that can help? Mm. Um, well, I guess, you know, a lot of the work that I do is is kind of getting them to see things from a different perspective, um, noticing what they have accomplished so they're not just having this one-sided view of themselves where they're hyper-focused on everything that they've done wrong. So really bringing forward those um those qualities that they can be proud of and genuinely proud of. Um, I think any practice where you are watching your thoughts and becoming more aware of your thoughts is hugely beneficial. So, you know, we do this in hypnosis, but but obviously meditation is, is a fantastic way to do this because, I mean, you know, it's, it's not just this topic, but so many things 
that that voice in your head well you know what do you what do you do about it and the first thing is is really becoming aware of it because when you think the same thought over and over again you stop noticing that you've thought it and it you know it slips into your subconscious and it becomes a belief so what you first want to do is just become more aware of the thoughts that you actually are thinking and then you can challenge those thoughts you know everyone has that critical voice in their head but not everyone listens to it and that's really the difference. So, you know, a tip you don't I love need for to that. believe it. Sorry. A tip I love for that is getting a piece of paper because sometimes I find it really difficult. Like I know I'm having the thought, but I can't reach for another thought or another thought doesn't feel mm. as real. Like mm. it just feels like I'm lying to myself. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I literally get my journal out and I write down the most terrible judgy things about myself and I just get it on the piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am, I am, I am. But then on the next bit of paper, I also have to, like you're saying, I have to balance that out. And then mm-hmm. when you write it, we know obviously heaps of scientific evidence behind that pen mind connection in terms of the rewiring, then there is yes. a chance for that balance. And it's so funny when you go and write things down, like I'm lazy straight away. As soon as you get it on paper, my mind goes, wait a minute. No, I'm not. I've worked like six days straight and right. then already it's challenged, but right. I find personally, I have to get it out. Yeah. That's a great tip. There's a great, that's a great tip. I think Anything that you can do which just somehow separates you from those thoughts is is really, really useful, really beneficial. Um, what else? Something else that, that I really like to do is this is more with feelings. If you're feeling, um, if you're feeling upset, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling, you know, down on yourself, one thing we can end up doing is really judging ourselves for the way that we're feeling. And then, you know, once you start judging your feelings, you can get into that sort of spiral of, um, you know, you just end up making it worse. Yeah. So just really having a practice of feeling the feeling without judging it. You don't even have to name it. You don't have to attach a story to it, but literally feeling that physical feeling within your body and just meeting it with a sense of love and compassion. That's literally all you're doing. You don't need to try and fix it, try and solve it, none of that. It's literally just this very physical experience of feeling that energy within your body and then knowing what it feels like to actually hold space for yourself. You know, often we're so good at holding space for other people, but we don't know how to hold space for ourselves. So it is a practice. I mean, sometimes you'll be able to do it and sometimes you might not be able to do it and and that's totally fine. But it's something that I've been doing in my own life and I find it really comforting. And and it's amazing how when you're able to meet a feeling with, with that compassion and that you're, you know, holding space for yourself to me is a really good way of thinking about it because it's almost like you can, you know, you're kind of giving yourself a bit of a mm-hmm. hug and you can feel that it it just starts to dissipate that feeling and and dissolve that feeling if you can stay with it it's a really powerful practice so that that's something that that i would recommend um people try if they you know are struggling with with those kind of feelings and you know and and can't reach for any other thought i mean i know completely what you're saying and sometimes that really shits me when you know if you if you're in this sort of 
mental spiral and then someone tells you to think positive you, you know you want to punch them in the face yeah so so sometimes right. it's easier to just kind of drop into your body and just leave all the mental story aside as much as you can my my kinesiologist used to get me to do that she used to say um where do you feel that in your body mm. and what does that feel like and she's like just breathe so mm-hmm. we just breathe into that feeling and then she'd say what do you notice has it moved has it grown and we just keep doing that until we didn't. And, yeah. and that's a way to kind of like that I realize now you're just speaking that I use to move that feeling through my body because, as you yes. know, Joe Dispenza said, thoughts create feelings and feelings create beliefs. God, I hope I've got that right. Why do I think I've got that incorrect? But and that, and then these beliefs create your life. <laughs> and mm. so we have to be really like, as you say, mindful and, and mm. acutely observe what's going on yes and you know so much of our behavior is is an attempt to avoid what we're feeling so if you can actually Mm. have the courage to sit with those feelings for as long as you can um, that's a really great way of helping you to break away from a lot of coping mechanisms as well because if you don't feel the need to avoid your feelings as much then suddenly it provides you a lot more freedom um, from those things that you know that we tend to do to avoid our feelings in my you know what's it's still my current life because I still do it you know working with parents and one of the things we teach about emotional regulation is that the only way you learn to emotionally regulate is if you emotionally regulate mm-hmm. and how often as parents do you rush in to try and quickly smother up or move the emotion on because it's uncomfortable to watch or it's painful yes. to watch yes. and all the things and 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 how important is it just to allow like it's okay to feel okay. disappointed, devastated, upset, jealous. That's okay. Mm. And mm. the only way you're going to regulate it is if you sit with it and regulate. Right. right. And you know, it's like what you said before. It's it's part of life that we feel good some days, we feel crappy other days, and you know, throughout a day you can kind of go up and down and and it's okay. It's okay, you know. We we can't expect to feel a particular way consistently throughout the entire day and it's just a matter of kind of riding those highs and lows as best you can um and you know i think overall that just helps you have a little bit more peace of mind regardless of what's going on throughout your day always love hearing your wisdom and your take on things um obviously oh, you know. thank you <laughs> You too. It's always so. I always just leaving, leave feel feel leave feeling. Oh gosh, I can't speak, but I leave feeling <laughs> just so like bliss and centered. Um, but we know where we can find you. Check out yes. Light Path Collective. Um, via our socials or obviously via the website. You know, if you want to dive into this work with Alana, um, you know, and so much more that she can do for you. Obviously, not just this, but. Final thought or nugget of advice on how we can really work on not being so hard on ourselves? I think just, you know, understanding and appreciating that life is about about the journey. It's about growth. It's not about perfection. And wherever you are and whatever you're experiencing, it's okay. It's okay. I love that. That's it. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us today. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Head over to the Light Path community page to share your thoughts and tips and advice on how you avoid being so hard on yourself. But till next time, 
hopefully that shared just a little bit of light upon your path. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Light Path Podcast. I hope that the information shared here has helped illuminate your path. Be sure to check out the show notes for links related to this episode. While you're there, remember to subscribe to the podcast to ensure you never miss an episode. I'm Kirsten Leo, and I can't wait to explore and expand our capacity for abundance, worthiness, and love together in the next episode.